When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody. Kip Stevens here from radio station KBRC. Tonight, we have a great host. I mean, I'm the great host. Sorry, I was looking in the mirror. We have a great guest coming in tonight. His name is Harold Sass. Now, he is one of the more highly decorated individuals from the radio business, but he sits a little bit up top. He wears a suit, and he's got a nice car. Uh, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, coming to the show, please give a round of applause for Mr. Harold Sass. Harold, thanks for joining me in studio bud how you doing you look sharp hi trent how are you uh no the name's kip but uh, i'm doing really <laughs> great trent hey you know my kip, stepdad's kip. name is trent, i'll try to remember that now uh harold uh, hold on i'm gonna talk to my hey david uh i'm gonna talk to my assistant real quick hey david uh do we have a uh kip on our payroll we we do that's okay all right that's okay he'll be fine he'll be fine Go ahead. Uh, Harold, uh, Harold, uh, now we played a song. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It was a band called The Babies. Uh, are you familiar with that uh, band, uh, The Babies, that uh, entered the musical trance uh, back in the 70s and carried off uh, into the 80s? Was this the rapper who killed a 19-year-old in a Walmart one time? No, I no, that's no, no. You're taking that's no. Right? Hey, Harold, nobody told me you were quite the kidder. No, we... back to seriousness. No, had nothing. No, I was talking about the great band, The Babies. That's what I was talking about. Now, now, you know, never yeah, heard okay. of them, Skippy. Uh, listen, unlike the '80s, uh, where music was original and created, okay, Harold's <laughs> taking over his own show. Unlike the 80s where music was original and, you know, created musically by the bands, written by the artists themselves, and performed mostly themselves, ex except, except of course, Middle Vanilli, which, by the way, we do agree is a better model. Today, we have uh, molded, mm. you know, we, we've designed children to understand that mm, everyone really? can be a star. And we've got great shows to prove it. We've got America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, Jamaica's Got Talent. We've got Australia's Got... We've got all the talents possible. We've got the voice and shows as such. But there's more. If now, Harold, can't, uh, I'm going to go... Okay, now. Okay, Harold. No, uh, no. Hold on, Harold. I got one quick question. Please, it's coming please in from call me. Irene. She's in Kansas. Please call me sir, by the way. Harry, can I call... Sir. Now, Sir Harold... We have a, an Irene from Kansas City, and she asks this question. Yes. Uh, and it says, uh, Dear Harold, don't you think that uh, reality TV and all these gimmicks, pretty bells and whistles of reality TV, finding artistry and true talent, is merely a facade, and basically everybody's going off the sex appeal and how sexy an individual looks while performing? Nonsense. As a matter of fact, let me explain. If these uh, children of today can't make it to one of our fantastic shows, then they can post their own videos on YouTube and become anything they want because at least that's what we want them to feel. You know, yes. we want the kids to feel that they can accomplish anything. It's good to make them feel better about themselves, you know, even if they're not going to be anybody important or famous. Uh, 
they're all winners in our book. Okay, now Harold, no, great, I, I, beautiful statement, but you did not answer Irene's question. Uh, shall I read her question again to you, or or? or I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, or, Kent. Or Kent, go ahead. Read it again. Uh, <laughs> it's Kip. Of by the course, way. Now, we Harold, will never let the I, viewers okay know that these shows are scripted and. I mean, we actually know that whoever has the saddest life story and whoever is the most attractive physically gets usually picked. Of course, we do. We do try to give the less fortunate looking ones right. a chance to get in once in a while to right. ha- to help maintain a, a healthy balance, if you know what I mean. Now, there is a key point in your own statement. What was it, Bryson? Uh, Harold, once again, the name is Kip. And Irene's question was, as my question and many others, do you not think that the shows that you are promoting and producing are merely a fiction of the talent mind? No, I think it's total nonsense. I think it's not the real information. As a matter of fact, I know real information. Nobody knows more information than I know information. But let me say this. Uh, These people, they don't even... Everything is 100% technology. Almost every artist today is just blessed to have and to use auto-tune. Gone are those days of performers using their own actual voice and God-given talent. I mean, we do have engineers for that. And hell, even our own engineers work from home, and they don't even need all that ugly analog equipment for the past. All the instruments are in our computers, my friend. Uh, you know, Larry, oh, you got to get with the program. We're in 21 and a half, okay? You understand? As a matter of fact, listen, Tony, listen, listen. There's seven things that make radio great today. Do you want to hear this? This is why I came on the show. All right. So, Richard, listen. Seven things that make radio great today. Number one, more commercials and PSAs because we care. Number two, less talk by the radio personality because people want to hear the music that plays when commercials are over. Number three, our salaries to the top five air talent, by the way, is over seven digits. The rest of the DJs, as you call them, can be happy with making less than 40K a year because they're perfectly happy that they're famous. Plus, public believes that all on-air employees make great money, and sure. we don't want to ruin that. Let me get a question out, Harry. Now, now Go I, ahead, John. I, I, I clearly understand why your name is Harry Sass. Uh, you know, no pun intended. Uh, excuse me, it's but Harold. Harold. Harold Sass, Harry Sass, it doesn't matter because at this point, I think some of my listeners think that you are a hairy ass because you have declined any questions. You have not answered any questions. You have not even answered the number one question from the first caller. I did. I said it was nonsense. Yes, but I said it was nonsense. You did not bother to think about her point of view well you got to keep in mind chuck by the way number four if you want to know the overwhelming audiences only want to hear the new genre the new overwhelming genre is hip-hop number five 97 percent of all radio stations are owned by us the big five corporations in the u.s and guess what that's what makes america great again capitalism at its best my friend. ah yes that's right yes uh, now now uh, I w- let me just I- let you know the last two because <laughs> i did have seven points number six playlists are about 15 to 17 songs per hour and okay. all we do is just repeat them all day every day at least six months before we take five songs right. out replace them with one new one and of course it's got to be hip-hop and that's the name of the game and the last but not least of course i know you wanted to know steve we have Great triple X rated jocks that can handle the business of putrefying your kids' brains. 
And if the kids today don't listen to our great stations, then we just take them to YouTube, social media, where they can waste their little lives away. I mean, it all works because we probably own them too, all social media. So you see it works out for our benefit. They have a blast believing that they're important to the world. I love America. And I love what we've become. Now, uh, uh, you've obviously interviewed yourself, Harold, but, and we're running out of time on our uh, segment here. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, thank you for coming to the, uh, to the show. Uh, I want to thank you again on behalf of our listeners that didn't get a question in or I didn't even get a question in. But uh, we welcome you, Harold uh, Ass. Uh, uh, this has been Kip Stevens, and you are rocking and rolling right here at KWRP, and uh, we're going to take it out with something. That's right. Let's all go back to the 80s, and here's something from the Who, Eminence Front. Thank you, Harold Sass, and have a great night. You sound a lot like a president that we ejected. Oh, that's great. Let's go back to the 80s, yeah. I got another meeting to go to. Take me back to the You are listening to Back to the 80s Radio. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang, and we are here every single Friday for your listening pleasure. I'm so glad that uh, we get a chance to be with you. I want to thank you guys for listening from all over the world, from the east, from the west, from the south, from the north, every single place around the world. We just want to say thank you for making Back to the 80s the greatest 80s radio show in the world. However, it's not just me. Because right next to me is a man, a myth, and a legend, not only in his own mind, but in his own room. He is a man that has eaten more Skittles than E.T. Here at Back to the 80s, we lovingly refer to him as the Chang. Chang, how the heck are you, my friend? Oh, Toscano, such a great intro. And uh, I just want to welcome everybody here to the show. Welcome to Back to the 80s. Yes, it is I, the Chang, as he said, the legend in my own mind, the master of my own sexual preferences, and everybody's favorite boy toy. <laughs> How is everybody doing out there? You're your own fantasy. You're your own oh, sexual yeah. fantasy? Of course, especially if I'm wearing leather. <laughs> now, many of my times in uh, Hollywood, and I would uh, fancy the leather, I would sometimes walk by a store window and get erect just by watching myself pass. But that's another story. <laughs> you mean you'd stand up straighter? I am. Yeah. All, well, of well, course. It well, is. As straight as it can be. Now, remember, we can't straighten out a banana, my friend. <laughs> you, I've tried. I want to thank you guys once again for joining us here Back to the 80s. This is Toscano and Chang. We have a great show for you today because we're going to be talking about the top 10 songs from 1984. Top 10 songs from 1985. Don't go away because when we come back, we got a great program. So don't go nowhere. Don't you dare go anywhere. Friday, 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 party, time, weekend, beginning, now, it's your ready to do Quitting time. If you're ready, let's get cooking. Hey, some of you remember the 80s vibe, right? Well, it lives loud and proud on Back to the 80s. With my pals, Toscato and Chang.
If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do? This is Back, back to the 80s. All right, everybody, welcome back to Back to the 80s. This is Chang of Toscano and Chang. Tonight, we are talking about top 10 tunes of 1985 now 1985 was a great a great year in music in all genres of music and and uh, some nostalgia in 1985 the chicago bears did win the super bowl uh mike ditka did give the uh only running touchdown to william fat fridge perry rather than giving it to walter payton just going on record and that that drives me insane because I was a big Sweetness fan, but I'm a diehard Los Angeles Ram fan. But that's one pet peeve that I've always had. Also in 1985, uh, my first daughter, Vanessa Christen, was born. So what do you think of that? Aww, that's awesome. Well, beautiful daughter, my friend. Beautiful daughter Thank you, my friend. from a beautiful father. There you go. Well, 1985... It's funny because we were off off air and I was talking to Chang and and I said, wouldn't it be great to go back? And he goes, not to 1985. The, the Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so he's still he's still You bitter. like the way I brought that into the show. I had to. Yeah, I like that. That's I like that. Bastard. However, we're going to be talking about the top 10 songs of 1985. Now, you may disagree. You may have your own top 10 list. You may have a top 10 list that you read somewhere, maybe on a Rolling Stone magazine. But today we're going to be discussing the top 10 lists that appear on Billboard's Top 100. And we're going to be talking about whether we agree or not here. Starting with number 10. The original song was, of course, recorded in 1984, and it took at least two or three versions before it released in the United Kingdom. And, of course, I'm talking about a band who was a Norwegian synth-pop band the band Aha, and the song is Take On Me. Oh, good Lord, how I hated that song. I think that was maybe... Well, you know, it's one of those songs that they play to death on the radio today. Yes. And don't get me wrong, I do enjoy the song. Of course I do, because it's very reminiscent of the 80s. Right. But Aha had, is a great band, and they had more songs. Well, my brother, I would not put them in the top 10 category of great bands in the old Chang mind, but uh, I will tell you, I did love the video only because it was very very cartoonish. The animation in it, I thought, held the bar at that back time when you can actually make these two guys into cartoon figures, and the way they played out, I thought that was done very well. As As for both the guys wearing hair like Bono, I will have to say they were not my favorite band. I didn't think they were that great. It was way ahead but of I its have time. To give uh, uh, the creators of the, the video the uh, tooth chang thumbs <laughs> up, and I would give the band the one middle finger up from the chang. Oh come on, you such a hater! <laughs> you know their wow, video. Their mean? video was a live action pencil sketch animation sequence. Now their mm-hmm. video won six awards and was nominated for two. MTV Video Music Awards in 1986. What do you think about that? Well, that actually throws me for a a loop. Now, okay, I will give them the credit for that, but that is not going to change the old Chang's mind of what I thought of them as a musical act. I mean, come on. The the, the name alone. Uh Uh-huh. 
What? That. Stop being, uh-huh. stop being a hater. You're insulting a lot of AHA fans, including Super Mario, who's right in you front of you. You hurt our feelings. I, I uh-huh. really am a fan. And? I really am a fan of AHA. Well, all right. So are you a fan of number nine in ninth place of the top 10 songs of 1985, according to Billboard's Top 100, was from a young lady that men just drooled over, women worshipped, they wanted to be like her, oh, they wanted to dress like her, and she came up with a song called Crazy For You, which released on March 2nd, 1985 by Geffen Records, and it was on her album Vision Quest, and of course I'm talking about the one, the only, the lovely oh. Madonna. I thought you were going to uh, say Like a Virgin, because that also was a track that was in the top 10 uh, hits of 1985 uh, but then as we talk about madonna many songs off of her album in 85 were top 10 pop list songs so uh i will say uh i was very intrigued with madonna as i was growing up in this uh particular time in 85 you had to be more well than intrigued, i was my fully was engulfed something else. in blood in a different region that i will not go <laughs> into a uh, graphic detail, but I, let's just say my parachute pants graphic enough. looked like the chute had been pulled. Now, <laughs> now the old Chang did have many a fun endeavors. Yes, like a beach yes, umbrella. I did have many fun uh, adventures with Wana Madonnas. I'm sure you remember. Oh, oh did there you? Was so many sexy oh, yes. Wana Madonnas. And, All these girls. Oh, girls wanted to dress like Madonna. Yeah, oh, I, I found them at golf and stuff. I found them at uh, Wild Rags. I found them at the Electric Planet, La Puente Mall, uh, the Galleria. There was so many places that you could get yourself a delicious little Wana Madonna. All for your own. That's why you want to go back to the past and go back to the La Puente oh, Mall. Oh, yes. I, I want to see her roll around on the floor like a virgin all over again. Now, I have to tell you. Uh, I thought she was ahead of her time, uh, you know, musically, uh, pop culture style, her 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 yeah. looks, her uh, she was so provocative, uh, uh, not only on stage uh, performing, but in on her videos, uh, uh, the uh, award shows, she always stood out like a shiny nickel above any other oh, tarnished yeah. nickels. Oh yeah, and I have to tell you, uh, I was not a fan of the pop culture type music. But uh, I did give her a lot of respect because, uh, you know, she had a, a pretty cool voice. She was damn right sexy. And yeah. I could see exactly why most of her tracks were so eye-appealing and catchy to the listener. And uh, those who were looking for that next poster pin up pop doll. So she Correct. fit in very well. She came in at a time to where music kind of needed her. You know, coming out of the 70s where we had so many different types of, I, I'll, I'll say sex appeal with Linda Ronstadt, uh, you know, that type of sexuality, uh, the blondie, uh, you know, the blondie. Uh, then you had the runaways. There were so many different girls that uh, evolved from the 70s into the 80s of sex appeal. But I thought Madonna captured sex appeal in a pop kind of way with kind of a pinup girl style. But the girl had some chops, and she did some pretty good writing. Uh, you know, there's there's other serious tracks right. that she did, bro, that uh, you know spoke to young girls of her generation of, of her liking. So, 
I think I thought that she was pretty catastrophic in the pop uh, music biz at that time, and I would have to give her uh, a five Changs thumbs up for. Uh, oh yes, I would <laughs> five. I know but, you would, yeah. And the other hand, with the other hand, I'd be spanking those little noggies all the way home, Lava. Yeah, no, she was definitely provocative. She was very outlandish, and she was very erotic on stage. Yes. And uh, she used, she definitely exploited her own sex appeal for her own benefit, and it led. I mean, it was she was the first of her of her yes. kind, and that's why she gained so much popularity, and she continues to be groundbreaking even though she's been out of the limelight for a while as she was back then but madonna has always stood her ground and uh and she can and she can still handle oh, herself yeah. no matter how many no matter how many <laughs> beastings she may have now oh, <laughs> according to God. according to Chan. I, I i feel so bad because i i found her so sexy and uh, I don't know why she screwed up her face with plastic surgery. You know, really why don't. ask why, my friend? How many uh, entertainers uh, that we have lived uh, throughout these uh, last few decades and years to where we see that we're, we're so captivating with their looks that have gone to uh, an ancient beehive somewhere and stuck their face in yeah. it? Uh, maybe they doused uh, some sugar on their face so they can get more bee stings. I don't know. But, I mean, you have guys like Mickey Rourke. The king of ugly, uh, you, <laughs> you know, and the list goes on. Why she would do that to herself, yeah. I don't know. And nowadays, yeah. she's carrying on with a boyfriend. I believe what he's in his twenties, like nineteen, yeah, something, or something of that yeah, uh, age. I mean, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. Th th this guy you're banging is as old as your kid. Have you no shame, be stung, lady? I don't understand yeah. where yeah. her mind went. No, I, I think it's just the fact that they want to fit in in today's market. Yes. When they shouldn't. They shouldn't want to be like today's market. They are yesterday's market in a new market and be that person. Yeah, leave you it up to You don't have to yeah. prove anything to anybody. You've made your path. Anyway, that's... Uh, you're you're already iconic. Yes, I mean, exactly. uh, you know, Madonna, I think, is, is jealous of... Uh, the limelight going to uh, like a Gwen Stefani or a Lady Gaga. I think Madonna decided to come back and and try to take a ground like you know that that doesn't belong to her. Uh, a friend told me really quick, uh, you know, uh, once you get to a certain age, you have to realize that this is not your right, place or right. your world anymore. It belongs to your children. So I think that term would probably go for Madonna nowadays. Yeah. All right, so uh, continuing on from Madonna and going over to number eight on the Billboard's top 100, and we're scaling down the top 10. Number eight is a song by British rock band The Dire Straits. And the song was Money for Nothing from the album Brothers in Arms. Now, this is a great band, Dire Straits, bro. I actually did go see them in the 80s. A total... Uh, as a matter of fact, off of this album that was one of their greater albums, there was so many tracks that didn't get a lot of airplay, uh, you know, on pop stations, but there are tracks that were played on FM rock stations, and I mean, they hit the holy grail. Uh, these guys were, uh, Knopfler was incredible. The sound, uh, the singing style that he had. Now, the one funny thing about this song, Money for Nothing, there is a lyric in this song that would probably raise eyebrows and get sued upon if he said this... Oh, they would cancel them. They would cancel them. You know, uh, and I I'm surprised they haven't made them 
uh, delete that and remaster this song yes. in a way where it takes that out. And, and Which is you, ridiculous. As, you, as uh, some of our listeners may know or, or you know, that Sting also sang chorus to that certain lyric in this uh, song. And I think that's what helped catapult Dire Straits for this album and this song with the guest appearance by Sting. Because if you remember, the police were very hot back in 85 also. Another band uh, that was a, a force to be reckoned with in alternative rock and roll. As a matter of fact, in July of 85, the month following the release, Dire Straits and Sting performed this song at Live Aid. And they also performed it the following year in 86 at the 28th Annual Grammy Awards. And, and the song was called, of course, Money for Nothing. And it won right. Best Rock Performance by a duo or group with, with vocal. And it was nominated for Record of the Year, Song of the Year. I mean, they received 11 nominations by MTV alone. And they even won yes. Video of the Year. So, I mean, this song yes, it did. was groundbreaking. I was, go I was just going to say, they walked. Uh, didn't they walk away with two or three Moon Men at the MTV Music Awards, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. Let me go ahead and, and, and I'm going to bring in number seven. You cool with that? I'm cool. Now, here's a band I know. You probably had T-shirts, uh, maybe had some underwear. Maybe even you went with your hairstyle with number seven with Tears for Fears with Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Yes. Now, I think this is an epic song. This song could stand for today's uh, movement of society yes. as it did back then. I think this song was very transcending about uh, 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 society and uh, the path it was going. Uh, I think it was a very political song. It could hit hard to our politicians, what we really felt, uh, what society was going through, how brain-dead society kind of was uh, starting to suffer. Everybody wanted a little bit of their own acceptance, and they wanted to be bragged upon. Everybody became into the me scenario, I think, and I think uh, Tears for Fears nailed it with this song. As a matter of fact, that song was used on Dennis Miller's talk show uh, for several years. Well, Dennis Miller, the former comedian of, of Saturday Night Live, you know, the long-haired guy, the guy that did Weekend Update. Right. You know, the guy that talked like, yeah, that's right, babe. You know, yeah. what are you looking at, babe? Uh, that guy. So that was a very epic song, I think, in 85, and an epic song in uh, lyrics, catchiness. It was a great tune. And it just hit home for so many different reasons in society. No, a I, great I, song. I love, I really love Tears for Fears and Everybody Wants to Rule the World from their songs from the Big Chair album. It was a fantastic, mm -hmm. along with Shout from a really? year prior to that. that. Yeah, from a year prior. Did you know that this song, Everybody mm -hmm. Wants to Rule the World, was first, when, it, when they wrote it for the very first time, it was originally written as Everybody Wants to Go to War. And they changed it. As a matter of fact, right now... <laughs> That right. our oldest son got a haircut, and uh, he was uh, he came out of the, the the barber shop like a greaser, right? They they grease his hair back, and then uh, he left it like that. He came out of the shower, and his hair because he has curly hair, it started curling down forward <laughs> the front of his face, <laughs> and now I call him Tears for Fears. Nice. Now you should let uh, you should let uh, uh, Christian. Uh, let his hair grow out like the other guy, and then you will have the actual Tears for Fears band in your house. Now, that would be something. I want to have him do that for, for Halloween. Or you could have both your sons uh, dress up like uh, Hall & Oates, which is number six on the Billboard 
charts, my oh, brother. Hollow notes. And uh, that would be out of touch. Now, first of all, before I give you what I thought of, of Hollow Notes, what did you think of that song, and what do you really think about the true talent of uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates? You know, it's funny because when I was a teen, I I liked their songs, especially songs like uh, "She's a Man Eater" and certain "Out of Touch." I, I did like. I've known a few of those, but I didn't really. Uh, Hollow Notes wasn't really my thing as a teen. I didn't really? start. Yeah, I didn't start appreciating their music until the, like the mid '90s. That's when I started appreciating their music, and now I really love Hollow Notes from the '80s. Sad to say, I heard Hollow Notes live a few weeks ago or a few months ago, a couple months ago, and um, man, he, he he lost his voice so many times. And of course, we're not expecting him to sound exactly like he did. But some of those tones, they even went down a couple tones, a couple chords, and he still couldn't reach those notes. Are you talking about the the video that has Darryl been Hall. out? I'm with... talking about Daryl Hall. Oh, you're talking about Daryl Hall because yeah, uh, you're, you're talking about this latest tour that they just came out with, right? A few months yeah. back, I believe, and and you're talking yeah. about some of the footage that people have been putting out on social media. You can catch Correct. it on YouTube. Uh, yep. Now, I will uh, I will say this: I am a big fan of Daryl Hall. Uh, I watch the television show from Daryl's house. I'm always blown away with the musical acts and uh, oh, the yeah. performances that he does. But I will, I, I, I do agree with you on his uh, vocal range. But I'll also state this: How many bands or groups or artists that we grew up with from the '80s that are out there making music now and coming out back on tour are the same? I mean, we could talk about the Stones. Uh, you know, we could talk about uh, Judas Priest. I mean, there. Uh, yeah, there's probably a couple handfuls. There's of, a handful of, of artists bands that, that can that can still do what they did in that same way, but there's a lot that you know that time has caught up. Yeah, and, yeah, um, and, and you know what? And it does it. It hurts a little, and it doesn't hurt because you don't feel sorry for them. You just feel bad but because time came and, and uh, that's correct. Not that's only correct. took some years from you, but maybe one of your favorite artists that you have to see. That's age. correct. Uh, you could say the same for Billy Idol, my brother. Uh, Billy Idol. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, you know, I watched uh, some some uh, video on Billy Idol, and he does the same thing as uh, what's his name, Vince McMeal. You know, the little chubby guy from Motley Crue. You know, yeah. once <laughs> you, the main guy. performer, put your microphone out to the crowd to carry the note or a verse because you can't, that tells me, guess what? You should have stayed home snacking down on some Big Macs and just collected your residual checks. So, you know, what's funny when, when you said uh, that about Billy Idol, because I, I was thinking that, but, you know, I caught him doing a, a video that he did recently. It's just him and his guitarist. And I partied with Steve Stevens. Good guy. Yeah, and you know what? And he he pulled it off, and he hit those notes, and he did great. And I was really, really? shocked because at other concerts, he has you know the audience sing because he can't reach the notes. Mm -hmm. But you know what? With him and, and the guitar so alone, acoustically, he did. Yeah, he did fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I was impressed. I, I was happy. Yeah. I'll agree with you acoustically. Uh, you know, so many artists do sound so much better when they go into an acoustical set because I don't think you have to come up with the same vocal range as you do when you're in live with electrical 
uh, you know, with electric guitar, electric bass, pounding drums. Right. You have to sing over the crowd. So I think anytime an artist a does uh, uh, transcend back into the acoustics, it, it still has that same richness, that same tone, but at a softer pace. But it still sounds probably note for note like it did. You, you know, there's many artists that have gone into the acoustical uh, sets and do sound superb. But, uh, you know, like we're talking about Daryl Hall, uh, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, it just it, it is sad to know that he cannot sing like he used to. But then you have to say the same for John Oates because I'm, I'm familiar with the tracks that you did watch. And John Oates himself sounded a little bit weak. And he all, right. he you could tell that guy got stung in the bee or somebody uh, waxed <laughs> his face with bee honey or bee wax. You I know what know, I'm talking listen. about. If you just joined us, we're talking about the <laughs> top 10 songs according to Billboard's Hot 100 Singles of 1985. When we come back, we're going to continue starting with number five because our opinions do matter. You can dispense with the pleasantries. You're listening to Toscano and Chang. You don't know the power of Back to the 80s. They were a laxative. They'd be so powerful you could stand on your head and shit on the ceiling. That position would not only be unavailing, but also undignified. And now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. You're listening to the one and only Back to the 80s Radio. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang. Thanks for joining us. I do want to remind you guys, we do have a Facebook page where you can write into us and give us your suggestion for the best songs of 1985. We also have a Patreon page, right, Chang? What's that for? That's right. That's right. Now, our Patreon page is for our lovely listeners to, you know, if you can, reach into those uh, pockets. I know everything is tight. We're not begging. But if you can kick in a little bit to to help out the show and help us give you great radio and maybe get us some, you know, some some gifts for you uh, out there. And, and just to keep the show going, maybe it could kick in and help the station that we're uh, giving birth to grow. And, you know, just help us help you. Help us get those Nikes from 1985 that Michael Michael J. Fox wore. We like oh, that. We're those are some killer Nikes oh, those back are great. then, though. By the way, I looked those like up, and those are $1,000 on eBay. They're nuts. $1,000. That's insane. They're nuts. Anyway. Man. So we are talking about the top 10 songs from 1985. We, mm-hmm. to uh, kind of go over the songs we mentioned in number 10, it was Aha with Take On Me. Boo. Number 9. Madonna with Crazy For You. Number eight, The Dire Straits with Money For Nothing. Number seven, Tears For Fears with Everybody Wants To Rule The World. And number six, Daryl Hall and John Oates with Out Of Touch. Chang, bring in number five and tell me what you think of number 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 five is a song that uh, this chick goes back to the 70s. I mean, she had the funk, the soul. She was sexy. And it's no other than the very sexy Shaka. Shaka. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. With I Feel For You. Now, who could forget this song? I mean, as soon as this song started, you hear that classic harp. 
and it kind of takes you into the mode of uh, wanting to listen to War or Stevie Wonder. It puts you into that vibe, and then it just comes out and it kicks your ass with heavy dance vibe, you know. And, and then then the way you have the kind of uh, the guy's, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, spinning the disc with a shaka shaka con. So it brought in that DJ vibe of the '80s. I mean, that song incorporated to me so many different styles of music. It had to be a hit. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised that it is number five. I would have thought that this song would have been a little bit higher on the Billboard uh, chart, but I do have to give it a a, a a Chang five thumbs up because it hit number five. But I thought because of the sound of it and so many styles that are brought in. I thought it would be a little bit higher. I thought maybe at least three or two. Yeah, you know, I Feel For You was an incredible song, and it was the best-known version of this song uh, with Shaka Khan. But did you know that the original the original version was recorded in 1979, and it was written by Prince from the album Prince? Oh, now that is interesting. Now, that is a little uh, fun fact that I did not know, and I, I, I must smack my head against the bell because I am stuck. <laughs> now, of course, as I mentioned before, the mo- the best known version or the most successful version was version was recorded by R&B singer Shaka Khan. And in addition, it was the recipient of two Grammy Awards for best R&B mm-hmm. song and uh, Prince, of course, as the songwriter. Best female R&B vocal performance or con. Now Prince did write so many hits for other people. You, you you're aware of Sheena Easton. I mean the list goes on. I mean he was Yeah. He, he was a he was a phenomenal writer. He was not only a great writer and a great performer but uh, Eric Clapton said that he was probably one of the if not the greatest guitar player of that era. Just putting that out there. You know I and I and I would believe it um very very underrated. Mm-hmm. Yes. guitarist. He was he was a phenomenal uh, musician, phenomenal talented uh, mm-hmm. performer. And you know what he wrote one of the songs for uh my childhood fantasy which uh Susanna Hoffs oh. was in a band. Well, she's in a band called The Bangles and she sang Manic Monday by was Prince. written by what? of course Prince. Not- and uh oh she is, my goodness she was gracious freaking delicious i'll just put that out there she was delicious if she was a candy oh yeah changi would have ate it all the way wrapper and all my brother <laughs> i mean susanna hoffs call call into the show please, please. That's all I can just tell come you. in and sit on the show <laughs> sit on me for the love of god <laughs> I'm drinking a glass of wine and you said that and I'm about to chug on the wine and I literally almost choked. Mm, I guess anyway. uh, that's I guess that's how a priest would feel. Uh, bless me, Father. All right. Well, on that note, let's go on to number 4 and it's by a band that I know you know. Oh, I know you They came up. I love this band especially because I love with a passion, I love power ballads. I and loved, I loved this band till this song. Oh, you got to be so kidding me! Because it was, it I'm was not kidding. The British American rock band Foreigner right. released November 1984 as the lead single from their fifth album, Agent Provocateur. Right. I want to know what love is. And I thought that if you don't know what love is, that's because you wrote a crappy song like this. This song reminds me of being in an elevator. Give me stuck a break. Between Are the you kidding me? Fifth floor. 
I'm sorry, bro. I, I can still hear this song, and I get in the 80s mood. As soon as I hear this song, this I, I pump up the volume. I want to go through a divorce just so I could cry when I hear that song. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Such now, a I like, I like, Such a I like old foreigner. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say it of the of the 70s. You know what I mean? Dirty white boy. Yeah, you know that's good stuff right there. You know, it's uh, it's all good. If foreigners, foreigner. Well, Blue Monday, Blue Day. That's, that's like that's like if I said, okay, well, yes, you like Chicago, but do you like Peter Cetera? What would the chant say? No, that guy killed the band. Exactly. He was a great the, bass exactly. player, but when you put that guy in charge of writing lyrics, all of a sudden it went to, ah, you're listening to Mark great and Tim here at song. Coast. FM. Peter Cetera was a great writer and wrote great well, you love know what? songs. I wish he would have got on a horse and rode his ass out of the band when he started writing those love songs. There, I said it, brother. I'm not going to lie. And I'm sorry, Foreigner, great band, but that song, oh, man. Ah, I don't know if I should cry or kick my TV when I seen the video. There, that, Those were the emotions that the Chang was going through when that show debuted. And for it to be number Jump. four, hold on, I'm not done. Yeah. For it to be number four in front of Shaka <laughs> Khan, I would like to slap the living crap out of whoever decided to put that there. That was the and people at I Billboard. Go, can you do me a favor? Let's get back into Toscano and Chang Time Machine Vehicle in the Fiero. Right. Take me there so I can slap the crap out of everybody that wrote this and agreed upon this list. There. My rant you know, is we'll, over. We'll take a trip. We, we really will. Probably next week so. because I'm getting the Fiero back to take a trip back no, to the okay. 80s punch that in jumping into number three from the album make it big mm. george michael's inspiration for the song was scribbled in a note that his bandmate andrew ridgely had left for his parents intended to read wake me up before you go wow. and uh, it was accidentally written twice originally wrote go twice so that's how it stayed. Wake go, me up go. before you go-go. Wow. Now, let me see. How can I, uh, how can I uh, explain my feelings of this song without offending anyone? Well, because you are the Chang, and your duty in life is to offend people, and that's fine. We are from okay. the 80s. It's not a problem here. You can look here. You can feel free. Nobody's going to cancel you out. Oh, great, great, great. Now, I'm all for gay pride. Believe me, equality. No one should judge anybody for their race, color, or sexual preference, or their social status. But when this song came out, I thought, my God, this has got to be one of the worst crappy pop songs I've ever heard in all my life. But then when I seen the video and I thought, my God, this guy is freaking gorgeous. I didn't know if he was gay or not, but I thought this guy can nail any woman in this time zone until he dies. This dude is sexy. This guy's got the moves. And then throughout his career, the dude just got even sexier and became an even better vocalist than when they came up with his pop song. No, this was not my favorite pop song, and I wouldn't even put it. In the top 10, I would put it maybe at 15, maybe 20. But that's just me. Yes. But uh, I thought, now the very the short shorts reminded me of a tennis player. And then I met you, and then I thought, <laughs> no, it could be uh, Toscano, uh, uh, a great baseball player, a martial artist, a guitar player, uh, Italian-Mexican. Uh, 
he likes to wear uh, penny loafers with those shorts. Let me tell you it's that cool it with w- me. He wears a, <laughs> no shirt, just a members only jacket. That's what I thought. I I gotta tell you. you that the single was certified platinum here in the U.S. Okay, mm. and it sold over two million copies. We're talking at a time when there's no internet, there's no streaming service, there's mm-hmm. no downloads. This right. was people physically going to stores and right. purchasing. This is not counting all the people that went into stores to steal that album, but right. the music video features Michael and originally wearing oversized message t-shirts, which you know is funny to me that Choose Ben like. Halen came out with their version of a it looked like a wham. They they did the wham pose. Do you remember yes, this? Yes. They did yes, the yes. wham pose, but it was Van Halen. And I thought yes, that was kind of cool in a way. I thought that was kind of weak. Here we and go. I asked myself, of course Diamond Dave, what are you doing? Of course Dave? you did. What are you doing, Dave? It's the Chang. What are we, we expecting? You know, what are you doing? I mean, I want some eruption here, bro. I want some atomic punk. Uh, what are you doing uh, getting all MTV'd out? I was very let down when Diamond Dave did that. But, yes, that uh, – and, and here's the, the, the nostalgic thing is you see how fashion came out of music. Absolutely, man. You know? And, and the Whamsky Boys, I mean, they were – they nailed it. The Whamsky Boys, the Van Halen Brothers, Diamond Dave. Yeah, so many fads were established from music artists, from musical artists, from the musical era of the 80s. It was unbelievable. Right. I mean, the reason why now, you wear leg warmers today is because of George Michael. Exactly. Now, the reason that you have that wig, that wig of, of Bono, uh, you, you know, on the War album, uh, right. I understand. I really understand. You know, why you're making your sons look like uh, right. Tears for Fears. I, I right. get it. You get it? I get it. I'm glad. I get it. Well, Falling Into Number Two is a song that you already mentioned from an artist that came out twice in 10 spots. She is in two, which tells us that this artist, I mean, anything she touched, I mean, she was the Midas. She had the Midas touch, brother. We I talked wish she would have touched me with that Midas touch. I mean, Madonna with Like a Virgin in spot number oh. two. From the yes. album Like a Virgin, which was released originally October 31st of 1984, Madonna was gold. She was unstoppable, my friend. Madonna oh. led the way and paved the way for yes. who we have today. And you know what? Yes, uh, in spite of who we have today, I agree. she is still untouchable. She is still number one. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I would still classify Madonna as number one. Now, this 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 album... I mean, this song, excuse me, that sexual charge that she just jolted through the screen and through your speakers with this song. I would have loved to have her like a virgin. I mean, I would have loved to have her like a virgin. Well, that's why I said a little while ago that she made all of us guys drool. And if you had younger teens, for example, like myself in the 80s, when this thing came out, I was 12 years old. And my my little hormones were wild when I was 12. And I would watch her videos and just go nuts. That's all I can tell you if you know what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean because I felt the same way for I Dream of Genie. <laughs> oh, let's not go uh, there. I used to dream Holy of Genie. Holy moly, with Barbara Eden. Every day. Woo! Dirty little Changisms. Mm. Anyway, that was the good stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, Barbara Eden. 
<laughs> oh, she was gorgeous. Now, okay, now we're going into number one. Are you ready for number one? I'm ready. I don't know what you're going to hit me with, but I'm now, ready. Number one, we have also talked about in this list. And what? this, my, my partner in crime used to dress just like these guys. And he has briefs that say choose life. I'm talking about the gorgeous George Michael of Wham! With the number one billboard hit in 1985. Are you ready, my brother? I, I, I'm ready, brother. I'm ready. Now, I want you to close your eyes. Every, I want all you listeners to close your eyes. Yes, I'm closing my eyes. Get that big lighter. That's my big lighter. Me. Hold on. Okay. Okay. And just time can never. That's right. A careless whisper. Oh, what a beautiful song. Thank you. Would you my rendition or the song? Your your rendition. Your rendition. Keep thought, it going. Thought, oh, Keep no, it going. It's okay. It's okay. No, you're drinking <laughs> wine. The shirt will come off. That's why it sounded better mm-hmm. because I'm drinking the wine. Yes, and your shirt's off. I don't understand That's, why. Well, it's got to come off whenever I'm drinking wine. But careless and whisper. And when you're listening to Wham. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> as long as your pants don't come off, I'm cool with it. <laughs> Did you know? Here's another fun fun fact for you. In 1981, George Michael was working as a DJ in the Bella restaurant in England, and he explained he explained in his biography that he conceptualized Careless Whisper based on the events from his childhood. He said, and I quote, I was on my way to DJ at the Bel Air when I wrote Careless Whisper. He was riding on buses, on trains, and in cars. But whenever he wrote, it always happened on a certain journey. And with Careless Whisper, he said that he remembers it because it, it just came to him, especially with that sax line. And he was he was remembering when he was handing the money over to the guy on the bus, and he gets on the line, and then the sax line, and then he wrote he wrote it totally in his head, worked on it for about three months, and then he came out with a song. George Michael, man, you are missed, brother. Oh, rest in peace, George Michael. I always thought that George Michael was an incredible performer, incredible writer. I thought his vocal range uh, was uh, e- e- eclipsed uh, some of the great uh, vocalists in music. Uh, yeah, I could name uh, uh, so many, but I'm not going to. Uh, I also uh, was thoroughly enthralled and, and blown away by when uh, he he uh, stepped up and sang at the tribute for Freddie Mercury after we had lost Freddie Mercury when Queen put on that giant performance with so many different singers that uh, George Michael nailed it. And I thought when I seen him perform that, if anybody was ever going to front that band again, it would have to be George Michael. I'm sure you, know what, that you would and some of the listeners remember oh, that yeah. uh, performance. I mean, he resembled Freddie to a certain degree, but he had bangs, but his hair was black. He had the black mustache. I mean, I mean the dude, the dude had range. It's very sad knowing that he passed the way that he did and that uh, his depression... Uh, before his passing was so devastating to him that it pretty much silenced him and and kind of shortchanged uh, we out here that uh, enjoyed him performing. Very sad. A very great vocalist. Uh, God's peace to to George Michael and, and and to anybody out there that was a Wham fan or a George Michael fan. I know you truly know what uh, me and Toscano mean when we talk about this great individual. You know the fantastic thing is it had reached number one in 25 countries and it sold uh, approximately 6 million copies worldwide, worldwide 2 million alone here in the United mm-hmm. States and 
and uh, George Michael will be, uh, he was not only ahead of his time, but he was an artist that will live on in the history of music and will always be heard. Oh, and, yes. Uh, you know, we, we're just so thankful for for his memory. I agree. But you know, Cheng, what? now that we get onto a serious note, you said something so important because you mentioned depression and how artists uh, suffer with depression. And, and no matter how successful an artist is, and we saw it and we see it constantly in, in movie stars as well, the one that comes to mind was, of course, the ever great, the greatest comedian of all time, in my opinion, Robin Williams, who suffered with depression, yet at the same time, getting people with depression out of their depression with his antics, with his persona and character, yet at the same time being that that very palpable story of old. It was a story about a man who goes and sees his doctor and he says, you know what, I can't come out of depression. And I cry a lot and I just uh, I just can't seem to shake it loose. And the doctor says, you know what, I've got the perfect remedy for you. Laughter is the best remedy for the soul. So I'm going to I'm going to prescribe this and you're going to do me the favor. You're going to go see this comedian, this clown, and his name is Garid. This was in France in the early 1900s. And uh, you're, you're going to go see this clown perform and you will no longer have depression. And the patient says, well, then please change the prescription because I am Garid. I am that clown. I am that comedian. So it's interesting how so many artists suffer with depression as we come to the close of the show, we talked about the 10 greatest songs of 1985, according to Billboard. You may have your favorites. You may disagree with the list. I may disagree with the list. But at the end of the day, 80 songs have paved the way for generations to come. Personally, when I listen to 80s music, bro, there is no room for depression. It, it drills anything that is sad out for the most part. 80s music takes away and brings in something new that no other music can do for me. On behalf of me, Toscano, I want to wish you guys a great rest of the week. God bless you guys. Take care of each other, and we'll see you next week. And this is a Chang. Before I release you all to another Changtastic weekend, uh, we're gonna, we never end the show on a bummer, but uh, as Toscano and me discussed right now, depression. Um, you know, there's uh, so many people out there that suffer from depression, and uh, I'm going to go on a limb really quick. I'm not going to go into dramatic stories, but uh, I do know what that is all about. I uh, have been a uh, sufferer of depression pretty much my, most of my entire life. Uh, I know exactly the dark feelings that you feel, the self-hate, the self-guilt, uh, the, the funk and the cloud that you cannot come out of. Uh, those na negative little voices in your head that tell you certain things that you can't or you won't or it's hopeless. So uh, take it from a guy who has lived that life and has battled it. The way I used to refer to it is when I s did stand-up comedy and I was already in my later years and I already had children. Uh, I would be so depressed at one time and then I would have to go perform and I would tell my wife all the time that it's time for me to put my mask on and uh, uh, this goes to anybody out there who suffers from depression 
just sometimes you feel like you have to put a mask on and keep yourself hidden from the real world but you have to put this mask on to kind of give you a body of armor to go out there and take on a normal regular life even though inside you're in turmoil you're in hell you're burning uh, and you're sinking but yet you put this mask on and it shields you to go out there and do that so aside from that I want to wish you all a fantastic weekend remember that nothing gets you down keep yourselves lifted and gifted and until next weekend this is a Chang wishing you an all an adios arrivederci hasta la vista hasta mañana sayonara and to all my homies and those who know who I am orale take me back to the glory days